Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 277 of Selling the Couch. I hope that you're having a wonderful day. So today's podcast is a topic that I know intimidates many of us, which is the concept of networking. We know that as business owners, forming meaningful and authentic relationships is so vital to business success. But I I think that networking can feel really scary for, for many of us. It can feel, maybe perhaps we've even had experiences where We've gone to networking things and it's felt really slimy. I know for me personally, even when I've, you know, had folks reach out to the podcast, some of the things like, you know, they've kind of shared it's, I haven't gotten the best vibe. Even I've done a handful of podcast interviews in the past and just haven't had uh, the best vibe off these. And so when I think a lot about networking, I've started to shift my mindset and think about, how do I network in a way that creates a win-win for everyone? My guest today is Patrick Cassell. Patrick is a clinician down in Asheville, North Carolina. His website is cassellcoaching.com and his private practice is over at resilientmindcounseling.com. And Patrick provides a lot of coaching particularly for clinicians that are transitioning from a group practice into solo practice or from an agency into solo practices as well. And Patrick is here to talk about this concept of networking and how to do this in a way that feels authentic. We're going to cover a number of different things. First, we're going to start out by Patrick just sharing what authentic networking or what networking means to him and what a win-win relationship in networking looks like. We're going to dive into a scenario of a hypothetical clinician going in for uh, maybe a coffee networking meeting with someone, and what does a sort of a win-lose scenario look like? What would they be doing? And what does a win-win scenario look like? And we're going to wrap up by Patrick just sharing the most common mistake that he sees when it comes to networking and clinicians doing networking. Before we get to today's podcast session, I just wanted to let you know that, again, I've recorded a brand new podcasting workshop. It's completely online. It's free. You can literally schedule a day and a time that works for you. 
And if you have been thinking about launching a podcast, you listen to many of these Selling the Couch podcast episodes and you're like, man, I really want to geek out with microphones and put on a giant headphone and uh, or a headset and, and look really cool then I want you to encourage you to check out the podcasting workshop. Uh, it's 90 minutes long, and I really tried to take many of the lessons that I learned with Selling the Couch to help your own podcast succeed. You can sign up over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting work. Hey, friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. So we'll get right to today's conversation. Here's my conversation with Patrick Cassell from cassellcoaching.com and resilientmindcounseling.com. Hey, Patrick, welcome to Selling the Couch. Thank you for having me, Melvin. I appreciate it. I'm a little embarrassed. I know I shared this with you, but you had reached out almost a year ago. And I know that we've, you know, somewhat connected uh, online. And it's just, uh, I'm so sorry that it took so long to reach out, but I really am grateful that you are persistent and we can make this conversation happen. I'm grateful for having me. And I, I totally understand how busy you are. And it's just an honor to be on here. So I appreciate it. I no, I appreciate you saying that. I I loved some of the things that you shared because I you know I feel like this idea of networking it intimidates so many therapists, right? But it's one of those things that's so vital to business success, right? And I'm really looking forward to this conversation of how to create this in a way that's like a win-win, you know, because I think a lot of times networking can be like if you, you know, if I give you something, then you better give me something. And, you know, that sort of, and I think that is partly why it feels icky and weird to a lot of therapists. I agree. I think that a lot of people interpret it as being really salesy. Mm. And a lot of therapists really struggle with that piece because we're never taught that in graduate school, right? Like how to be a business owner, how to have collaborative communication to both support each other's businesses. And if you can get behind that mentality that it's a reciprocal relationship, it's so much easier to reach out to people and, and even organizations because you're, you're not just serving your own needs, but you're keeping theirs at the forefront of your mind. Mm, yeah, right. It's a different way of, I think, not even like, it's a different mindset, right? It's a different framework of, of seeing things. Oh, totally. Before we dive too deep into all of this, one of the first questions I just had for you was like, in your own words, what is networking? It's a great question. I think that networking is just getting to know people as people mm -hmm. and to learn about their lives, to learn about their passions, their values, what kind of drives them to be successful or pursue the work that they're in. And if I can look at it in that way, where I can learn about the person authentically, it feels like we're actually forging mutual beneficial partnership and relationship mm. so that 
I can refer the appropriate clientele to them and they can refer the appropriate clientele or services to me hmm. because I don't think we can do it all. And I think we can't do it all well. Yeah, there's a, a lot of really good stuff you said in there. Um, so the first kind of phrase that I want to hone in on was you said seeing people as people. I think, I don't know if you've like experienced this tension, but I feel like many therapists are amazing at connecting with clients and building that rapport. But for whatever reason, when they meet with a colleague or like a professional connection, right, that that people as people kind of goes out the window. Maybe it's like overtaken by fear. And it's almost like I have to share what my website is or my credentials or, you know, like it's that, like what, what's happening there? Yeah. I was just speaking about this in my, in my coaching course, um, because I think what happens is it is that fear. It is that imposter syndrome that comes up of like, I don't belong here. Mm. I really have to sell myself. Like mm. I've got to talk about my education, my credentials, my training experience, and all the networking that I did initially to build my practice. I enjoyed the interactions where we just spoke as human beings and like got to know each other and learned when we moved to the area. And it wasn't like a job interview. It didn't feel forced. It felt like it was just free flowing. And it wasn't like question after question of where did you go to school? Who's your ideal client? What certifications do you have and what trainings? And I was like, I would leave those meetings like scratching my head thinking, I don't think I'm ever going to refer to that person. And it, you know, it wasn't a good feeling. That's such an interesting, interesting thing, because like you had the experience of when those questions were asked to you, you, I imagine you provided the answers, but at a deeper level, there was something happening for you, which I think happens to all of us. You're, you're sort of like, oh, I don't know. One, I don't know how often we would actually remember so-and-so's niche is this and website is this and, you know, credentials are this, but there was something that was happening for you. You were like, you know what, I may or may not refer, you know, just based on like, I don't know, I guess it's sort of, it felt surface level, maybe. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I was thinking is like, it felt artificial. It felt surface level. It didn't feel authentic. And I think psychologically, as human beings, we are so much more inclined to refer to people or services that we believe in. Hmm. So like, if I believe in your product or your service or your, your ability as a professional, I'm going to shout that from the rooftops, you know, like, I'm like, oh, refer to Melvin all the time because he's fantastic, right? Like, but if I came away from the relationship thinking like, that was really artificial, hmm. I'm going to be way less inclined to throw your name in the ring when a referral comes up. Yeah, right. Like it's authenticity is what drives the connection that drives the referrals. Yes, absolutely. Right. And like you said, we know this as helping professionals with mm. our clients, but I think that message can get lost when we're dealing with other colleagues. Because I, like you said, I think it is the insecurity and the fear that takes over of I've got to like prove myself or, or be... I've got to show up really with competence and confidence. Yeah. You said something that was so good earlier. You said so much of this is like asking these sort of life and human questions, right? Like, when did you move here? What are some like, again, I, I debated whether you've asked this, but it's 
like, what are some like, I guess, authentic sort of questions that might be better than the where's your website, what's your niche, you know? <laughs> right, right. I like to ask about family, you know, what are you, what are your passions? What do you enjoy doing? What brought you here, right? Because I live in an area where a lot of people have moved here from other places. So that's always an easy lead-in question. Like, why'd you move to Asheville, North Carolina? And there's always a story behind that. Mm-hmm. And I like to really get into that story and get a good understanding of why someone's where they're at, what brought them here, you know, what's been their experience leading up to this. Mm-hmm. We can even talk about the fears of entrepreneurship, like, because those are not unique to us individually, like this scarcity mentality, the insecurity, the anxiety of like, am I going to get clients? Am I going to be successful? And I just love going deeper. That's always been a passion of mine. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and the reality is like, I mean, asking questions like that, right? What are your passions? Like, then you're going to remember, oh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm totally making this up. Patrick loves landscape photography and long walks on the beach, right? Right. <laughs> so it's like, you're much more likely to remember stories and, and sort of unique pieces, you know? Absolutely. Just shifting a little bit, what is like a win-win relationship? I guess that phrase, what does that mean for you, especially when it relates to networking? Yeah, that's such a good question. I, I always preach reciprocity and relationship, you know, making the priority the other person or their business instead of your own, because I think it's already implied in networking that you're also seeking referrals or to build your business. So you don't really have to say that. You have to be much more focused on what does this person need? How can I support them? And I believe very much in abundance mentality, where if I support you, your success equates to my success. So when I first started out, I worked with a lot of male clients who struggled with substance use. I network intentionally with female therapists who only work with female clients who struggle with substance use. Then we can refer partners back and forth. Then we can refer family members back and forth. It's a win-win for both of us. And it's getting out of that mentality of like, I need to be possessive of referrals because then other referrals won't come in. But in reality, if I refer the appropriate client to the appropriate person, that equates to my success too. And that makes them more inclined to then refer back to me. Yeah, that's such a good way of looking at it. Again, uh, you said just a bunch of really good things uh, here. And the first thing that I really took away was when you connect with somebody, right? Whether it's, you know, now, like right now, hopefully we're coming out of this fairly soon, but, and done with like Zoom networking, (laughs) but, you know, when we actually, you know, when you're connecting with somebody, the natural tendency is to, and I think it is driven by fear is to like highlight what we do. But if you can sort of recognize that in the moment and say, hey, I noticed this fear showing up, but how do I want to show up? And it sounds like what you're saying is one of the best ways to show up is actually, how can I help this person's business succeed? And how can I connect them to resources, re- things like that? And and just that sort of mindset, it, I don't know, it shifts things on so many levels. Yeah, it does, you know, because it takes all the pressure off of, I've got to show up in this weird inauthentic first date type of way. Because a lot of networkings can feel like awkward first dates, you know, like, so I think that 
by putting more of the onus or focus on how can I help this person be successful? That takes all the pressure off of how do I highlight my accolades and achievements and who I am as a professional. Uh, I just want to like highlight what you just said. So mindset should be how can I help this person be successful versus how can this person help me be successful? Right. Yeah. And I think if we can create that mindset shift, it makes networking a lot more enjoyable mm. and less like a chore or like just another task in your schedule for the week. Yeah, absolutely. And just being honest, like I think this, you brought up another point, which is something I've definitely have struggled with. I feel like I'm getting better. I'm not like perfect at it, but this this idea that money clients, customers, whatever. It's like a zero sum game, right? Either I get it or you get it, right? And that's just not the way like things work, you know? For example, I guess the best example of this is, and I actually heard some like some YouTubers say this the other day. It's like saying like, you can only subscribe to my channel, but the reality is like people subscribe to multiple channels, you know? Totally. That's a great point. It's like the scarcity versus abundance mentality mindset. Mm -hmm. I think for a long time, I didn't launch my private practice building and coaching business because some very well-known private practice and building and coaching professionals already exist in my town. Hmm. And I kept thinking with imposter syndrome and scarcity mentality, why would anyone hire me if someone already does this service? But the reality is we can all exist because we all have different voices and different messages to relay. Yeah, absolutely. So let's paint a scenario which would typically happen to a clinician that's in private practice. They Let's say they go to a, a coffee shop and they're meeting with a, a local colleague, right, that they want to get to know better. What's an example of like a win-lose situation in that, in that scenario? And what's an example of a win-win situation in that scenario. Maybe we can start with the win-lose. Like, so what's happening with that clinician if they're, you know, having that win-lose mindset? Yeah. It feels like a job interview now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the win-lose, in my opinion, is like you go in, you're really anxious, you talk too much about yourself, you don't listen actively, mm. right? You're already like jumping into the conversation, you're finishing the other person's sentences, like kind of you know, you're just in that really anxious headspace of maybe mm. you're, it's yourself internalizing it. Maybe it's just the way the conversation's going and you feel like you need to talk more. But anytime I went to an interaction where like, I felt like I dominated the conversation, I walked away not feeling good about it. I was like, mm. that person's probably not going to like me as a professional or a colleague because I don't think I let them talk. Mm. I was so much like focused on my, myself, right? Like, and on my process, and I think that can go for a lot of people where they kind of like, they just have that anxiety ramped up and maybe they're really excited to meet this person. And then maybe they walk away feeling like, I don't think I left a good impression. Like, I don't think this person's going to refer to me. And I don't think they're frankly going to like, like me as a professional. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when the conversation is very one-sided and not just free flowing and feeling natural. That happens a lot. Yeah. A win-win, I think is much more like, hey, we're not even going to talk about business, right? Like, mm. we're just going to talk. We're going to get to know each other as friends and colleagues. We're going to learn about each other. We don't even have to talk about what we do because it's already implied what we do. We just get to spend time together for an hour and 
maybe it turns into a friendship. Maybe it leads to continued meetups down the road. I know I did that initially where some of those first interactions are still some of my closest friends five years later, where we just really are spending time just to have quality time. Yeah, right. There's no, I guess it's not like a free tense there, right? You feel that sense of connection to that person. And yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, it goes back to like something we were talking about earlier there. It doesn't, it feels like we've moved beyond the surface and that you've gotten to know the person. And by knowing that person, there's like a different level of trust and connection. And it's like, then by proxy, it's like, oh, of course, you know, want to, you know, would love to send a client or, you know, if they got a coaching group or an online course, whatever it is, right. Would love to like share with, you know, with. Absolutely. And those people that you build those connections with, those are the people that when your caseload takes a dip, Hmm. you text them, Hey, I've got an opening. And they, they send you someone like within a week and you're Hmm. full again. Hmm. And just the same for them. They can reach out to you and say, Hey, if you get a call coming your way that meets my needs or fits my, you know, my, my skills, then send someone my way because I've, I've lost a few clients over the last couple of weeks. And you're like, Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's the, I mean, even in that, right. There's, there's like a vulnerability that's involved. That's like a, there's just a like, Hey, you know, this is the nature of business, right? We clients terminate for whatever reason. Right. And yeah, just want to let you know. And, and it's, yeah, it just feels like much smoother and much less anxiety provoking. (laughs) And you just used a really good word. You know, that is vulnerability. Letting someone know, Hey, my caseloads dipped. Like I'm, I'm kind of feeling anxious or insecure about this, but you can't have that conversation if it was an artificial connection to Mm -hmm. begin with, because, because I don't think you can feel vulnerable or allow yourself to be if you don't go deeper. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and that's ultimately where those connections are. Patrick, I wanted to wrap up with a question and I know we've kind of highlighted some of this, but you know, I know that you teach a lot of clinicians, just the power of networking and how to create these win-win relationships. What's like the most common, I guess, I even hesitate to call it a mistake, but like maybe sort of error that a clinician makes when it comes to networking? I think it's not having strategy or intention and maybe scheduling too many of those in a day. I used to Mm. see like five therapists for coffee in one day, and Mm. that's just not a good outcome for your nervous system or in general. And also making it very one-sided in your your requests for networking. So I see a lot of people in local therapist Facebook groups who will just say like, I'm in private practice. I take this insurance. I work with this client, send me referrals. And that to me, that feels kind of like desperation or like panic marketing or urgent marketing. And I just am less inclined to connect with that professional. Yeah, right. It is. I mean, and you use such good words. It's a, it's very one-sided. You said the word strategy, right? Like not having a clear strategy when it comes to networking. Take us a little bit deeper into that. Like the strategy should be, and it sounds like even based on that example that you shared earlier, personally for you, like you work with a lot of men with substance use. So what you're really thinking about is maybe not trying to like network with every therapist in Asheville, right? But you're trying to figure out the ones that really align or provide like 
auxiliary or secondary, like, or complementary services, right? Totally. I don't work with kids or families or couples. I want to network with those people because they don't work with the clients I work with, but they're going to come in contact with the clients I work with via relationship counseling, family counseling, et cetera. I want to network with psychiatric providers, especially because their caseloads are 500 to a thousand people where Mm -hmm. ours are 30 to 40 Mm -hmm. and they don't have the time to go on Facebook or Google and find two or three therapists who have openings. They just want to know that they can send people your way. You're going to get releases signed. You're going to be in communication and collaboration. So, and then again, networking with therapists who see the same clients that you do, because you're not always going to be a good fit for some people and they're not always going to be a good fit for some people. Yeah. It's such a good way of looking at it. So you said something really interesting and maybe this is sort of the last area that, you know, I wanted to ask you about, you said you would actually network with people that you do not work with, right? Clinicians that work with a different population. Is there any wisdom in networking with people that do work with it? Is it, I mean, maybe, is it not like, maybe I'm just thinking too like black and white with that, you know? Yeah. So is there anything negative to networking with people who have the same client? Yeah. I guess you could potentially lose clients in the fold in terms of like, we're not going to refer to one another, but I kind of believe that if someone calls me with substance use issue, but maybe some presenting concerns that I'm not entirely confident in. Maybe there's some disordered eating. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's just like there's, there's other factors to consider. Yeah. So I would be much more inclined to refer that client out to someone who saw similar clients, but had more expertise or like, mm-hmm. I don't do EMDR. So if a client wants EMDR specifically referring to that clinician who works with a similar population, but it has a different theoretical orientation as well. Mm. Yeah, I think, Patrick, one of the, like, I guess, underlying things I keep taking away from this conversation is so much of networking is like having the humility to say, like, I, this is what I'm good at, this is what I'm not good at. And then having the humility to be like, you know what, this whole like networking thing is not just about me, it's actually about how I can authentically let me like put my ego aside and let me just see if how I can authentically connect with someone and, and help them out, you know? Absolutely. And I think you're doing the client a service by mm-hmm. having a good, strong referral base because you just simply cannot help everybody. Right. Everybody that calls you is not going to be a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Patrick, I'm just so grateful for you. I'm grateful that we were able to finally connect. Yeah, me too. Where can we learn more about you and uh, the awesome services and things that you're doing in the world? So I have a a Facebook group, All Things Private Practice. And, you know, we just discuss a lot of private practice building tips and tricks and mistakes because I think that's important. We share a lot of pet and travel pics because I think that's important. And I've just tried really hard to create an anti-racist, all-inclusive environment because I think that's also really important. So that's where I'm at most of my days. And then casalcoaching.com is where I do coaching courses and my take the leap private practice building courses as well. Perfect. And I'll definitely link to that in the show notes. Patrick, thank you again for this time and uh, really grateful. Thank you too, Melvin. Appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Patrick and especially if the thought of networking just feels really intimidating for you, like it 
does for me. I hope that today's podcast session has just been really helpful and a source of encouragement for you. You know, I think just seeing this idea of networking as an opportunity to build connection and what Patrick shared of seeing people as people and not just focusing on their business, but who they are as people, their interests, their hobbies, their families, their reasons for being in the town that they're in. I think those are all such great questions and such a different perspective of how to approach approach uh, networking. So I, one of the things that I always fear with episodes, like even just generally with the Selling the Couch podcast, but especially with episodes like this, I often fear that, you know, it, we can like share a lot of really good information, but there isn't sort of tangible action. And so one of the things that I would lovingly encourage you to do is reach out to somebody that you've been wanting to connect with in the next week and try to get on either a Zoom call or if, uh, you know, if you've been vaccinated and doing all of the normal safety protocols and all of that stuff and you're able to meet in person, consider meeting in person as well. Patrick mentioned a number of resources. And again, you can find that on the show notes page for today's episode, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 277. And again, Patrick's website is over at Casal Coaching, that's C-A-S-A-L-E coaching.com. And then his private practice is at resilientmindcounseling.com. And definitely reach out to Patrick if uh, if you are, you know, wanting just some better ways to to network and, and navigate that world. And especially if, also if you are in an agency or in a group practice and needing some help and support as you transition into into solo practice. As we wrap up uh, again, I just wanted to encourage you, if you are interested, of course, to check out the podcasting workshop uh, that I recently re-recorded and put together. I read across or I ran across this like really interesting stat recently. And, you know, you may have noticed that podcasting is like taking off. I mean, even from the I think the last four years, podcasting has literally, I think, had 100% growth or something like that. It's some wild number. But I came across this stat, which basically said for every one podcast, there are something like 530 blogs and something like 60 YouTube channels. And so while podcasting continues to grow, there is really is like a lot of space. And even to the the message of this episode, I think one of the most powerful things with podcasting is that you're, I like it because I feel like we all have a message to share and a people to serve. And whoever that is for you, you know, maybe a podcast is on your horizon. And if it is, definitely check out the free workshop and you can check that out and sign up at Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in 
launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. At sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. Have a great rest of your day and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.